I like that song. You make my dreams come true, all in notes. I was in college when that uh, came out. Now I've just dated myself. But um, yeah, we're, you know, I think about that. You make our dreams come true. And we're going to kind of redefine that today. So, you know, it raises the question who makes dreams come true? Who holds the future, your future? And today what I want to talk about is hope and the future. You know, we're in this series, uh, Twister. We're actually finishing it up today. We've been looking at some things that we twist, things that people believe are, are true, but they're not true. And as a result of those twisted beliefs, what happens is we live twisted lives. And so there, there's a, view, a verse that has huge, huge implications. It's full of hope, full of excitement, uh, possibilities. And I'm going to tell you up front, it's a life verse for me, and it's a life verse for, for this church. In uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It reminds me that God has a plan for our lives to, to bless us, to give us hope, and to give us a future. And oftentimes, you, you see this verse posted a lot on social media. Uh, I've seen it printed on T-shirts and coffee mugs. It is popular. It is comforting. And it is full of hope, isn't it? But there's a little more to this verse. And there, there's a lot more that I think we need to understand and comprehend. So what I want to do is kind of bring some context to this verse, uh, reframe it, and show you how the, this verse has been twisted through the years. See, to fully understand the verse, I think we have to understand the broader context of it. The who, what, when, where, and why of the verse. We need to understand the, what was written before the verse, what's written after the verse. And I've said this through this whole series, context. Context always matters. And then we're to always look at what other verses say. And in other words, uh, we're not going to uh, base our beliefs on one single verse. Uh, it is not a pick and choose. And I know that's popular today. Go, oh, I really like that verse, but I don't like that verse. And I have said, that is a dangerous, very dangerous practice in, in, in the faith. But we need a full understanding, a more comprehensive understanding of what this verse is really saying. You know, we, we do not study Scripture just to have knowledge. Our faith isn't about what we know. Our faith is about how we apply what we know. It's obeying and following God faithfully, and we're to live it out every single day in our lives. And so let's look at the context around this verse. The, the, the first chapter of the book kind of gives us uh, a lot of information that'll help us with the context. And it says this, it says, this is the text 
of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. The prophet was Jeremiah. That's who wrote this. The Jewish people who were living in exile is who he's writing to. They're, they're living under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and the Babylonians had conquered the Jewish people, all right? They, they went into Jerusalem. They, they tore down the walls of Jerusalem. They destroyed the palace and the holy temple. And in fact, they desecrated God's house when, when they took over. They had taken a large portion of the Jewish people from Jerusalem back to Babylon. In other words, they were prisoners of war at this point. They're living in exile. And history uh, records that they were defeated because they had not been faithful to God. They had resulted as their rebellion against God. And so that disobedience they, they were worshiping other gods, uh, false gods and, and idols. And we know from the previous chapter, chapter 25, that God gave them numerous opportunities to repent. He, but they didn't change. They, they just continued being disobedient and rebellious. And so finally, and you'll have to read that chapter, but God says, I warned you. You know, I sent prophets to, to warn you. you. You didn't listen. In fact, I couldn't even get your attention. And so I'm going to allow the Babylonians to rise up. And they're going to defeat you and all the people around you. And because of your, your sinful behavior, you're going to live in exile for the next 70 years. That's seven zero, seven decades they're going to live as prisoners of war. It's in that context that Jeremiah declares that great promise where he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That promise was specific, specifically, let's see if we can get the word out, written to the Jewish people that were living in exile. It wasn't about you and me originally. It, it's important that we understand this verse in its context. See, it's not saying that you will always prosper, that you'll never have anything go wrong, which I hope we've established in this series. The, the fact is that it's not the case. That's not how this world works. There are losses in life. They, sometimes life's not fair. We make mistakes. We get hurt. Sometimes uh, we get hurt by other people. Things don't always go the way that we plan. And if you understand that, if you get that, it, it, you're okay. But if you don't, if you don't understand that, you can read that promise and conclude the wrong thing. You know, basically go, well, wait a minute. I've had problems. 
I'm not prospering. I, I've been harmed. I, things are messed up. Therefore, God must not exist. I mean, God can't be counted on. You can't trust God. That's one place you end up. Or you start living and believing that God's like a genie. And so all you got to do is kind of put your wishes out there, and, and God serves you, so he'll take care of it. Friends, we exist to serve God. We exist to bring glory to God. God's calling and God's purpose is not to serve us. I mean, God, God did serve us when, when he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to die on the cross for our sins. God has blessed us. He will bless us. But ultimately, God does not exist to do what we want, when we want, and how we want. You and I exist for God's purpose, to bring glory to God. Foundational understanding here. Previous chapter, near the end of it, there's a man by the name of Hananiah. And he claims, and he's broadcasting this, that their, their captivity, they're only going to be prisoners of war for two years. He says, you know, Babylon's going to fall in two years, and then we're going to be out of here. Now, this ends up being kind of a, a, a showdown, so to speak. It's a showdown between the prophet of God, Jeremiah, and this guy named Hananiah. Hananiah is proclaiming good news. Two years, this will be done. But it's false news. Jeremiah calls him out. He says, you're wrong. And in fact, because you're wrong, you're going to pay a high price and you're going to die. And sure enough, within the year, Hananiah dies. This is kind of like a... Uh, like a soap opera meets headline news, you know, it, 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 it's a little crazy. That's why people, I think, uh, name their kids Jeremiah. Nobody names their kids Hananiah. You know, I mean, Hananiah, he, he, he's peddling false good news, which is, is really appealing, isn't it? Because it made the people feel good that were prisoners of war. It, it pointed in a direction that, that the people wanted, but it wasn't true. I think that's why we're drawn to uh, false messages, you know, promises of, of abundance, prosperity. It, it draws us. We, we love that. We love the idea of blessings being poured out, overflowing. In fact, we could all get on board with that, right? And I, and I hope that's what you experience in life. But if you think that is all that faith is about, well, I fear for you. I fear for you when it doesn't happen. Because your faith, if it's a means to an end, oh, I'm going to get this, and my life's really going to be good, it's a dangerous faith, a very dangerous faith. The, the idea that God exists to make my life easier, more comfortable, 
to, to prosper me and bless me. See, it makes us the object, doesn't it? The object of existence, which is not true. God is the main object. God's the main object of everything. God is the source of everything. God is the one that ultimately makes dreams come true. God is the answer to every good thing, everything that's it's holy. God is to be our greatest desire in life. But friends, if you're not careful, we live in a culture where you will, you will settle for, you will search for, you will hunger for false good news. The thing that you want to hear. Now, sarcasm alert, alert here. Warning, in other words. I, it, we're going to get uncomfortable for a couple minutes. This verse that, that we've been focusing on, it, it's full of hope. It, it's full of prosperity. And it speaks to a real issue, and I'm talking to Christians in the United States, Okay. You know, the God bless America. It is too easy to serve a God that, that promises the dream home. You know, the, the God that allows me to get the upgrades on my phone anytime I want it. You know, God bless me. God bless America. Some of you are afraid to laugh right now, aren't you? Like God going to strike him dead or whatever. But see, it's a twisted idea. It's a twisted idea of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Friends, we need a broader understanding, a more comprehensive understanding of what the promise is. I mean, what's the promise to someone that's living in a country on $2 a day? What's the promise in the verse there? You know, what's the promise to the Christian mom in the Ukraine that's had her home destroyed, her children kidnapped, and is living in a refugee camp in another country? I mean, is the promise the same to someone living in, in poverty in the inner city as it is to the richest places in the suburbs? This is complex, that's my point. And it's important that we get a handle on this. But to understand the promise, the promise, if it is not true everywhere that it's preached, it's not true anywhere. If we are simply pursuing a God who gives us joy without pain, who gives us blessings without trials, gives us prosperity without problems. Friends, we are pursuing false good news. I mean, th this is extremely dangerous again because if that is the faith that, that we believe in, what happens when it's not good in life? You know, God didn't give me what I wanted. I gave the, the tithe, but I didn't get rich. I came to church regularly, and now I'm battling with these health issues. See, what, what happens is 
you start going, well, I don't know if I can believe in that God. And I know some of you are going, man, I come to church to get built up. This is depressing. Hang with me, okay? Hang with me. Trust me. It's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, Paul, Paul would write things like this to Christ's followers. He says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what? Come on. Yeah, that, that's, that is really exciting, isn't it? Then he reminds us this. He says, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of what? Suffering for him. You will not see that verse posted on social media. People do not get excited about that verse. You know, you're not going to see it on a mug or a T-shirt. But, but here's what we've, we've got to understand this. The good news, the really good news is not that we are saved from our trials and our problems. The great news is that we're saved from our sin. You know, that God loved us so much, he sent Jesus to die on the cross to save us. That's the good news. You know, we serve a God who will use our problems and our trials to conform us to the image of Christ. You know, we serve a God who's not only interested in our, our temporary well-being, but God's really interested in our eternal well-being. Uh, so when, when God doesn't do exactly what I want God to do, when I want God to do it, and how I want it, don't panic. Don't run away from God. The, the fact is, you hold tight to God. You continue to trust God, knowing that God in all of his wisdom and all his character wants the very, very, very best for you and for me. See, following Jesus Christ is not always easy. Have you figured that out? I mean, Jesus, Jesus said this. He says, then he said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Friends, the only reasonable response to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us is you take up your cross. You deny yourself sometimes. You, you faithfully follow. You lay down your, your life completely in full and complete obedience, and you serve him. It's not about us. It's about serving God. You know, Christ followers, you know, let me caution you in how you live. And we're going to kind of go yellow here. But when God says right foot, you go right foot. He says left foot, you go left foot. He says, hey, move over to the green. You move over to the green. Whatever it is God calls you to do, you faithfully follow. And you go, but I don't know what's going to happen over there. That's okay. You just move over. Back to the main story. God's people are, are living in exile. They're prisoners of war. 
And the fact is, they, they've been there for a couple years at this point. They want out. When do they want out? Now. That's the mindset that's going on with the people. The verse that immediately precedes this, again, main passage about the plans God has for us. Jeremiah, he's, he's speaking to the people. And he says, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for what? 70 years, 70 years, seven zero, 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. Hmm. 70 years. Now, you remember, Jeremiah, he was speaking to the elders, the priests, the prophets, and all the people that are living in exile. I want you to think about, so I don't know what elder means, but I know it means elder, older. (laughs) So let's just say you're 80 years old. You're hearing this news. In 70 years, Babylon will get defeated, and you can go home. I'm 80 years old, 70 years. Think about it. I mean, the fact is, God did what God said he was going to do. The Babylonians were defeated. The Jewish people did return back to Jerusalem. But they had to wait 70 years. Let that sink in. 70 years. And then... It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Friends, that's the context here. Those that that were elderly, that were older, I mean, some of them are not going to see this, are they? Not during their lifetime. But the hope is bigger than that. The hope is bigger than here and now. It was a hope for the future, for, for their families, for the people, God's people. It was, some of them would not realize it until they got into eternity. But that future, friends, what I want you to understand is not confined to this life. It is bigger picture. It is an eternal picture. You know, Paul, Paul would declare this in 1 Corinthians. He says, Scripture says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Those who love them. But I want what I want, and I want it now. No. God holds the future. And God wants the best for you. The very best for you. But the future's bigger than here and now. You know, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we faithfully follow. You know, we're obedient. Good times and bad. Doesn't matter where you are today. Good times and bad. Faithful, obedient, pursuing, trusting. God has your best interest at heart. You got to get that. Absolutely. And you go, yeah, but it's trouble right now. God has your best interest at heart. Oh, but it's really, God has your best interest at heart. 
God wants the best for you. You know, Paul says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Here we go again, love him, those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You know, God has a plan for your life, a good plan, a perfect plan, actually. God is good. God loves to give good gifts. God wants you to prosper in your life. Spiritually, he wants you to prosper. Maybe physically, vocationally, relationally, perhaps financially. You know, we said there's nothing wrong with wealth. But remember, prosperity is much bigger than wealth. It's, it's, you have to think eternal when you think about prosperity. So no matter what's happening, you hope in God. No matter what you're going through, you trust God. God is bigger than whatever you're going through. In fact, you are going through it somehow. You know, with God, you can overcome. All things are possible with God. And I know some of you go, yeah, yeah, but, but I, I've made mistakes. You know, maybe had some setbacks. Friends, God will use it. It's true. He will take and bring something good out of it. You have a future, a good future, by the way. If you are not dead, God is not finished with you yet. And the, that promise found, found in Jeremiah, I mean, it's bigger and bigger and bigger than you imagine. And he, he continues, he says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Some of you feel like you're in captivity. Call out to God. Trust God. God will hear you. I mean, maybe nobody else will, but God will. You know, you draw near to God. Scripture, in my experience, is God draws near to you. You are not alone. God sees you where you are. And I, I just challenge you. You know, some of you go, yeah, but the future doesn't look very. No. Trust God. He has your best interest at heart. And don't get fixated on right now. God's view of things, much, much bigger. You go, well, yeah, but what about tomorrow? Well, what about tomorrow? It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week. It might not be next year. I don't know. But you've got to trust God because ultimately it's a great future as a follower of Jesus Christ. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, I know there are some here today that um, they're looking at the future and uh, well, it's kind of shattered or broken up or 
not much hope. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just, just press on them and say, no, there's a good future ahead, a great future. God, that you would uh, just lift up their spirits, that they'd seek you out. God, forgive us when we falter and I mean, we get so fixed on what's happening right now. Forgive us of that. Help us to trust you that you will bring something good out of it. God, help us to have an eternal picture when we think about the future. God, I thank you for your words. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the hope and the promise. We trust you today with tomorrow. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Remind you there'll be prayer teams down front uh, to pray with you if you need prayer. Before I go, I want to just uh, next week we're starting a new series, and I'm excited about it. It's called Dream On, and uh, I believe every person that walks this planet is fearfully, wonderfully made by God, and I believe God's placed dreams inside of everyone, and so... I know for some of you, and I'm going to talk to younger, younger folks first, that you're trying to figure out what your dream is, you know, and you're trying to sort that out and everything. I know others, you, you felt like you had a dream at one time, but maybe you feel like it's been shattered. Uh, maybe you feel a little bit hopeless. Others, I think, just get sidetracked, you know, kind of give up. They go, yeah, I forgot about that dream that God put in me. You know, I know a lot of people think, oh, dreams come easier, you know, that I dream it and it'll happen. Well, there's a lot that has to happen, and a lot of times hard work that has to happen with it. Some of you hit roadblocks and bailed on your dreams. In this series, I'm going to talk about pursuing dreams, living out a dream, and what it takes for a dream to become reality. And so I'd, I'd encourage you to, to be here for this series. It's also a great outreach. You know, people, people are pretty uh, down, down right now in the world. And a lot of people feel like, oh, there's not even anything to dream about anymore. This is going to be a series on hope and how to pursue dreams. So we're going to dream on. I didn't encourage you to invite someone. So let, let's stand and be dismissed. So, you know, may God, the God of peace and love be with you, and uh, may he uh, lift you up no matter what's going on in your life today. God bless.